pulls a large sexual device out of his pants. He tells the girl that he has a very large penis. episode of the pedophiles um, with a really big guest right now I'm really thankful uh, to have him he uh, he runs a internet uh, website web series type of show uh, show similar to catch a predator where he exposes uh, a lot of these uh, you know creeps that troll online to meet up with uh, underage uh, kids and you know, I, I just talked to him for about three minutes earlier. Uh, I don't know him very mu uh, well, but uh, because he does this, I, I really admire it. I really support it. So you have my tremendous respect, uh, uh, Jason from Creep Hunter TV. Hi, Dimitri. Um, so, yeah, just to clarify right off the bat, I mean, there's not much that I run uh, right now. I uh, I produce stories, and I really see myself as a journalist. Um, I've handed off for the last couple of years. I've actually handed off the stories that I've produced to other people. Uh, people that I would say kind of would fit somewhat uh, more of a demographic that I think uh, might be a listener to your to your series. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. The, well, uh, we're gonna get to that because that's sort of how I, uh, I I ended up messaging you and, and setting this up is because one of the people you caught was part of a, a, a community I, I very well know. It's the stand up uh, comedy community here in Ontario. But we'll get to that. And we'll I, get to that guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've caught a lot of different people doing, uh, you know, just to give some background to anybody that doesn't know, I've basically posed as a child online and set up decoy accounts. And that has brought me a lot of different experiences all over North America. The types of interactions that I've had with people have been, you know, varied. Uh, I would say generally, for the most part, most people have talked to me, you know, everybody that uh, believed that they were talking to a child came up to meet with a child for what they believe to be, you know, what Sex. they believe to in be person. a child for a sexual purpose in person. Um, I would say... 80 to 90 percent of them spoke to me you know a good a good fair amount and you know for that i'm thankful uh that 20 percent of people that didn't speak to me it usually ended up with me chasing after them or or you know trying to track them down somehow afterwards to try and get connected but yeah yeah i mean yeah. a lot of different experiences and a lot of different uh 
lot of different individuals that I've come to contact with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I took a look at some of the episodes there, some of the uh, different people I watched. Um, the one with Alex a couple times. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's his own uh, person. Let's just call him Alex. Uh, and yeah, he was a comic uh, in London for a couple years. And I just want to figure out exactly what happened because I think most of my listeners are really watching this to, uh, to listen to, to what happened with that guy because that, that went around the news uh, back this uh, summer, but it happened like three years ago. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, like I the, say the, the news of him being in, in stand-up came out like this summer or something, right? But no one made that connection until then, right? Yeah, so Alex was an interesting fella. Um, the, for the longest time, uh, I didn't know his name. Uh, you know, he, he says in... In communications with what he believes to be a child, he says that his name is Howard at one point. Right. And then on his name tag, I always had the suspicion that his name that his name was Alex. You know, I, <laughs> I never know. knew. I know. That's a great part of that episode where the guy has this fake profile with the uniform that with the real name on. It's <laughs> just like, come on, dude. How do you how do you it's, mess that up? He you know, he thought that this was something that he was not going to get caught at, even though he says, you know, I knew I knew this was someone spoofing me. You know, he didn't know. And I, you know, once I came to find out what his last name was and his legitimate name was, I then started to kind of piece things together. And that was just this you know, that was at the beginning in the summertime. Yeah, exactly. How did you find uh, out, uh, uh, out that he was in stand-up? Like, what exactly did someone tell you? Did you see a poster? So I put a bounty on his identity. Mm. And then uh, for him, I think it was like 75 or or $100. But I had a whole bunch of people, not a whole bunch, I would say less than 10, less than 10 individuals that I didn't know their names. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to kind of, I wanted to complete of the list of yeah. individuals that uh, have been put up on creeperhuntertv.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I put a bounty up. I had, at this time, I had finished filming episodes for at least eight to nine months at this point. And it was just more in a research role and uh, in that capacity that someone got in contact with me. Someone really talented at finding people. Oh, wow. And uh, wow. he, did, uh, he did some searches using his pictures or parts of his pictures. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that led to his Twitter profile. And then that led backwards wow. to his Instagram. And yeah. Yeah, 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 and he had it all open. And to my to my dismay, he had been acting as if, you know, nothing had happened. Right. You know, I have no idea whether or not what his girlfriend or his wife told me was true. But uh, she says to me at one point, she says, you know, he went to go and see someone. He went to go and see a therapist. She didn't know what it was about. Yeah. And of course, he knew 
he knew where the story was published. He knew that we didn't have his last name. So I guess he felt safe to kind of carry on business as, as yeah, usual. Yeah, yeah. And you pointed out in the episode how he uh, probably, and you and it came out that he, he does have, uh, you know, guardianship over a kid. And, uh, you know, that's how that's dangerous. And, you, you, you know, you uh, found out how, obviously, he worked security. And then later you found out he does stand up as well. Um, just branching away from him in particular, uh, the, these pedos that you catch, um, what kind of jobs do they have? What kind of range of jobs do you, because uh, I know you, you probably like Catch a Predator as well. That might have been your inspiration uh, for all of this. Uh, but um, you see a lot of them, some of them are like priests or, or uh, you know, school teachers, you know, or, or principals or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And uh, they have access to kids, and it's uh, it's disturbing. So, what kind of jobs of people that, that you've uh, catched? So, oh, there's been a there's been a huge range. I would say, for the most part, we're taking a look at middle class occupation people that are in the blue collar sector, or you know, what have you. The uh, you know, there has been a range. There has been a range of people that I've caught. Yes. Uh, from executive at a pharmaceutical company to, you know, to convenience store dude. You know, somebody working the midnight shift at the the convenience store. And everywhere in between. You know, it doesn't... What's the most egregious position that that anyone uh, has has been in, like, the, uh, like, access to, to kids that you're like, wow, you really should not have been doing this? Um, what might be good is if you flipped off your camera, I think, uh, I did a, I did a test on my internet speed, uh, um, and I, I think that, uh, your okay, let's try that. internet, uh, maybe let's try that lagging us a little bit. Okay. So, um, sorry, what was your question? It was, uh, like the worst, most uh, egregious position. Yeah job career career position or even like a, a, a extended family that uh you know that might live together or something like that like you know big families or whatever well there is a guy there's a guy from uh season two who mm-hmm. was in a position of authority at a church um wow. he wasn't a priest but he was someone that was in contact with high school students on a regular basis. So he would do like outreach stuff from the church to surrounding schools. He actually, he comes to the door naked and uh, uh, he wants to have a threesome with what he believed to be a child. Um, So crazy. You know, there was, uh, there was a, one occasion where there was a high school, uh, albeit he didn't actually make plans to meet up, but he's in our, he was part of one of our nominees. He was a high school music teacher, but he was retired. And I was under the understanding from some stories afterwards that, uh, that he actually was in, uh, a little bit too close of a position of authority over, Wow. Uh, bo- over boys 
in some kind of a halfway house type home. Oh, for of boys. course. I was I was gonna ask you actually uh, a little bit later on. Uh, how much uh, abuse do you think, in relation to even like child trafficking uh, activity, goes on in those uh, like halfway homes and uh, uh, youth uh, homes? Four one one missing persons, Amber Alerts. H- how much uh, you think is related to child trafficking specific there? Sorry, I I don't uh, I I don't know um, what you mean. Maybe you can expand on. No, that like how many bit. examples do you see of uh, of uh, people uh, abusing their position in halfway homes or government positions even over uh, troubled youth? You know what I'm saying? Do you do you see any? Yeah, I don't know that, that I've. Whatsoever? I don't know that I have any evidence of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! So no one really, you think, uh, uh, used their positions in whatever uh, jobs they had to, you know, take advantage of, of kids. Not, not to your knowledge. I mean, yeah, not to my knowledge. Um, this yeah. is. Uh, I need to take this call. If I can put you on mute. Oh, of course, of course, dude. Yes. No, no, no. Uh, hold on, just a second. Uh, okay, so yeah, um, I was just curious about you know. Um, if there was any connection there with like their jobs to you know active cases or known cases of uh, you know them abusing it or or, or whatever complaints you know um, accusations. So, but, so, so nothing that comes to mind. Although you know I keep getting I keep getting notices and keep getting you know people making accusations of of people. Um, about some of the people that I've caught before. Uh, one in particular, mm-hmm. um, a guy a guy in the Hamilton area. Yes. Uh, he's, yeah. he's in a position of authority over teenagers. Yeah, wow. He comes, to, he, he comes to meet up with what he believes to be a 12-year-old and wants to have a threesome with a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. Wow. And, you know, I thought that that was, you know pretty pretty egregious to begin with that was pretty disturbing when it first happened and then after after i was done producing this last season this this season four uh, the last season of creeper hunter i started working on stories of you know ex ancillary type stories stories that are kind of connected to some individuals yeah um doing further research on uh, some of the stories that we, you know, first produced, doing some Mm follow-ups. And uh, this guy's name just kept kept coming back up again. And uh, at one point, uh, he actually had contact, uh, sexual contact with two 12-year-olds in a park. And... That was sort of, you know, disturbing to learn. And that was, uh, that was, I just learned about that just this summer. Holy crap. Even though, even though the, you know, the, the last contact that I had with him was probably a year before. And at that time, when I had contact with him and, and during the confrontation, he says to me, you know, I... I am in this position of authority at McDonald's 
And I'm a manager, and I find some of these teenagers to be attractive that I work with. And, you know, I cautioned him. I, you know, I, I, I think I gave him a, a pretty stern warning telling him that that could be, you know, very detrimental to him if he were to ever act on that. And he assured me, he assured me that nothing like that would ever happen. Wow. Sure enough, sure enough, just yesterday somebody contacts me saying uh i'm a family member i'm a family member of a 16 year old girl and this same guy uh is now who whom whom he is a manager at mcdonald's uh over in a position of authority over this this 16 year old girl i hear it all the time by the way so these you know, managers that's, taking advantage, that's something advantage that of their was teenage really employees. Disturbing to learn. I don't, I don't know if it's true yet. Like I, I, I haven't been been able to cross reference what this person yeah. has said. You know, who knows? Yeah. I get a lot of emails. Yeah, of course, it's, it's disturbing even to think about. Uh, so you mentioned that guy. You mentioned the priest. You'd say these are the most shocking catches, probably, right? That you've had. You know, shocking to whom? Not shocking to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know shock like. Well, how about this? What's I the What's most the most people... popular um, catch that you've had that you've seen? Like the metrics and analytics that you looked at. What What do you, What do people really, you know, have been sharing around and, and interested in? You know, they all have their different lives. They all have. You know, they all have their stories about these people. They all have their peaks and valleys. Yeah. Um, But I'll tell you, the people that share their stories the most are the people closest to them. Um, So at at first, in 2015, when I first started doing this project, Mm -hmm. I learned that very quickly. I learned that... You know, once one of these one of these people's family members found out or one of their friends found out, all bets are off. You yeah. know, one a story can go yeah. a story can go from zero to a thousand in you know overnight. Well, that's interesting um, you bring that up because uh, uh, do you think because you've you've done it for so long and uh, uh, you see how uh, how how the people close to them are the most willing to share. Do you think these people that get caught want to get caught on a subconscious level almost? <laughs> Is that why you think they message you? Like when you're uh, um, For... uh, pretending to be a kid online? You know, I've thought about that and I, I can't, you know, these are some people. These are some people's most dirtiest, darkest secrets. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how subconsciously that would surface. Um, I can say that some some of the most stupidest uh, individuals have contacted me, uh, pretending to be a child. Wow. Generally speaking, generally speaking, right. though, I've tried to. As time has gone on, I've tried to raise the bar, if you will, uh, as to not just going after 
you know, the stupid, easiest people to, to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, it's easy to get a... It, it's easy. I don't know if you saw one of the last couple episodes of the series. There was a guy who has uh, what most people would say is mentally off. A problem, yeah. Uh, he's he's not all there. Well, he's not playing with a deck. He's definitely someone that you know just to even look at him. Genetically speaking, he doesn't have, you know, he's not blessed. Yeah, yeah well, when, when you do these kind of I operations, could, you don't know who you're going to pick up. So, unfortunately, yes. Right, exactly. So, you know, on my end, as a child, whomever, as an adult, wants to talk to me, that was usually fair game. And at some point along the way, you kind of get an idea as to, you know, whether or not Oh, uh, I was I was just going to ask, how do you spot uh, the pedos when they're messaging you? How, how do you know which one, okay, this one we need to go in on a little bit? How do you spot that? Well, it's not so much spotting them so much as it is uh, filtering. I think there's been a lot of filtering over the years. For instance, uh, maybe year one or year two, there was a guy who starts off telling me his age was 21. And that was kind of like, you know, for me, a 21-year-old chatting with a 13-year-old, you know, There's, there's like something, ethical things there. Yeah. Think there's something uh, sad about to, that. There's something sad about it, but there's something understandable to some well, degree. Yeah. Well, and going when, back to Alex Dinnelly, one of the things he said in the, your episode uh, was uh, he he flatly admitted, it's "Like I don't even talk to uh, women my age. I'm I'm kind of a loser." Yeah. I mean, you can kind of spot people like that yes but this 21 year old this 21 year old who i initially think i'm speaking to that's kind of like minimum level i would say someone that i would be even engaging with Mm -hmm. if someone was 19 18 years old i'm not really wanting to of course. You know, take that time and energy to spend on them. So I, I usually kind but of... But also, it's probably feel- so legally complicated because now you're getting a, a kid involved uh, with another fucking uh, uh, kid. And, like, uh, what are you like? What are you even allowed to expose if it's someone underage that's talking to someone even more underage, you know? Well, I, I came to learn that this 21-year-old was actually 18. Like, yeah. he was trying to... Press yeah, this. Exactly. He was trying to impress me as a child, telling me that I was telling the child that he was older than he wow. actually was. Yeah. And I came to find out, you know, at a later point, after we after the wheels had been turning already, mm-hmm. and everything was kind of set in motion, that he was actually 18 years old, and that to me, you know, people said to I got a lot of flack for that episode, and. Um, you know, understandably, people think that an 18-year-old, that this is ruining their life, that this is, you know, going to scar them for the rest of their lives, that, 
you know, there's just a five-year age gap. Uh, technically speaking, a, a five-year age gap in this capacity, an 18-year-old with a 13-year-old is still illegal. Yeah. You know, there's only a th- there's only a three-year age exception in Canada for uh, for the age of consent. But when we're talking about sociologically speaking, okay. you know, we have different we have different values, I would say, than some places on planet Earth. On some some places on planet Earth, it's acceptable for a 12-year-old to be going off and getting married right now. Yeah. And, you know, how can we, as North Americans, comment on their situation? You know, it's not soci- socially acceptable to do that. But, you know, the different different cultures aside... Uh, I would say there's only been filtering. There's a, there's only been, you know, usually filtering by age mm-hmm. or I would say by mental capacity. And uh, unfortunately, the guy that I uh, confronted the latter part of, of the last season, this guy who comes off as being a little bit uh, uh, mentally challenged, yeah. you know, yeah. I I later learned that you know, it wasn't necessarily uh, something that was uh, the, the a defect. So, yeah. A, not necessarily a defect, but I would say, you know, uh, what was the diagnosis that he had? He, he had uh, uh, drinking while in, ur- in, in utero, uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. Oh, okay. And I had never experienced someone with fetal alcohol syndrome before. Yeah. But. Yeah. That doesn't count. I, in know, my opinion, if you had to ask me, I don't think that, that counts enough to excuse uh, almost banging a kid. Yeah, I don't. My my threshold for. I've met know, people being, with that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad when you sit down and think about, oh, uh, they're, they're smaller. Uh, they tend to be smaller. They have a unique uh, a facial uh, jaw structure, but aside from that, they should be smart enough not to meet up with children online. The threshold for me is pretty low. You know, can they take care of themselves? Do they know what right and wrong is? You know, are they able to come to the meeting with this child on their own? You know, do they have, you know, access to the internet readily and and know how to function on the internet uh, and that's kind of where i've yeah. drawn the line mentally speaking i want to go back to the, uh, uh, to to the messages because uh I, I was really interested in the uh text messages uh for uh alex's episode i watched that episode a couple times just to get a feeling of, sure. of, of how this uh uh podcast is going to go and what kind of things i'm going to ask uh and it was very interesting just to look at your responses to uh the guy and uh, obviously his responses, we'll, we'll get to that. But from, from your end, this is something you might not want to answer because uh, it's kind of giving away a trade se- secret here. But uh, when you're talking to these guys, what attracts the pedos the most? Like a, a slutty or an innocent kid? Because I noticed you went down the middle, down the line in that conversation. It was very interesting. You know, I have never, I don't think I've ever played the most innocent, uh, unattainable child ever. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. 
I've I think in in most circumstances, I have created this character that is the most vulnerable, the most you know accessible, uh, the willing. most sexually advanced most willing, mm -hmm. the most yeah. sexually advanced for their age, um, you know, most available. My my mother as this child, my mother was, yeah, my father was never around uh, if I was playing this female. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've played, um, primarily it's been a female that I've played. Well, you could do that with, with, with little most, boys too. That's uh, that, that would be a common trope there. For absolutely. Sure. You know, an 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 unavailable parent, such yeah. as a you know a, 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 a father figure missing in the child's life, yeah. and a mother who's absent. You know, my mom's always working uh, a twelve or twenty-four hour shift at the hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's always this big opportunity for someone to come and and snatch this child up. That's how I've kind of played. You know this the widest, most broadest target you could right. ever find. Right, of course. And and in most and in most cases I would say probably not realistic to what this standard reasonable child looks like. Mm -hmm. I don't think most children are vulnerable like this child. Mm -hmm. Um with that said, we're still telling them that it's a child. Yeah, of course. So and, a, a little bit more on their end. Um uh, what are like, what is like the one thing these, uh, these dudes, uh, always try or tend to bring up, uh, whether that's a text message or in person, what do you notice? It's like, oh, of course he brings up this thing. Cause I noticed you, you, you touch a little bit on, uh, on, uh, in that episode where you say, oh, oh, classic, uh, you're not a real person, uh, uh, gag, but what else do you notice a, a pattern with these guys with the things they bring up in conversation? Well, I can show you some statistics that we started that we started uh, collecting. Interesting. So I started a, I start I started a um, I started a committee to make some serious changes. And this committee So I'll put it up on screen. I think I can do that. I'm almost positive. How do I do that? Oh, I, I honestly don't know how uh, how you end up doing. I think I tried to figure that out last night, and I don't know if it works, but. Um... Uh, you just tell me what the statistics are. If it's like, you know, has to do with their communication. I'm really interested. If you actually compiled statistics on that, that is amazing. Ooh, looks like. Can oh, you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. So we have a couple of volunteers that started working on this. And this is uh, only up to, I think, episode 30. But. You know, one of the common uh, things, you know, there's always uh, been there's always been a request for a picture. Uh, pretty much there's always been a request for and some kind of indecent act. Yeah. Uh, a fair amount of time, 
there's been, aside from wanting to go meet up, there's been some kind of offer of illegal substance. Yeah. Uh, naked image inclusive. Um, right. And uh, they always use social media. Yeah, a lot of, you know, I, we're just meeting on social media. I mean, yeah. everything has has pretty yeah, much yeah, taken that's place I mean. on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the, where is, what's for picture? And, and what's the most common drug that they offer? It's marijuana there, I see? Uh, that or alcohol. Or alcohol, yeah. I mean, to a child, um. Interesting, admission to of a guilt. child. Yeah. Wow. I would say that. Good that's, job, dude. Good job. Um, Keeping yourself occupied with this. This is a, this is amazing stuff. Yeah. So we have a, a committee that I started uh, back in May, I believe, and we've been working on trying to make some serious changes. Perfect. I was going to uh, ask one of those... how, how can others uh, assist uh, you, or even uh, a second second part to that question afterwards. Maybe even do the same. How to do it? How to do it right? You know. I don't know that there's a way to do it right. I think the you know all, all I can offer is what I've gone through. I produced actually Creeper Hunter University. Uh, you can find it on YouTube right now. I'm gonna put uh, it up. I'm gonna five, put it up right now on the visual so people can find you. There's there's uh, fifty five episodes. Sorry. There's five episodes of uh, Creeper Hunter University. It's uh, wow. It's a committee also that's kind of connected to, uh, kind of loosely connected to Creeper Hunter, but is really its own entity. This is uh, a bunch of professionals from all over North America who have come together to try and make some serious changes. We. Uh, call the committee defend and we are looking for you know people to join us to try and make some serious changes one of those big changes we want to make is to essentially make it mandatory for all social media sites like facebook or dating sites or whatever to make it mandatory for people when they sign up to have to prove their age and ID, uh, essentially allowing us the opportunity to segregate children online of into, you know. Well, that's what might be uh, necessary. Know, of course, that's what might be necessary. And, uh, you know, they, they've already tried to, they've done that with uh, sort of with like uh, celebrity accounts, right? You, you, in order to get verified, you have to prove your identity or whatever. Um, why not right. with... Uh, adults or with children even you know if, if they if you Facebook. put up if you put up a, a a picture of a kid as a profile picture you're automatically flagged hey prove your your age exactly you know i shouldn't have had this ability to do this for the last five years i've i've abused facebook and instagram i've abused dating profiles and dating sites you know everywhere online that you can abuse as a child, I have tried to take advantage of it, and it's been 
pretty much successful in me doing this. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't stress enough that if my child has the ability to go on Facebook and you, a stranger have the ability to, you know, ha- have that ability to communicate with my child, you know, there's a fucking problem. Of here. course. You know, there is a severe problem with social media that Facebook has the ability to age and ID verify. You know me. We talk. They we, we we try to we try to talk about conspiracies a little bit uh, earlier. I think it goes even deeper than that. Facebook. You type in the correct terms. A lot of them are like foreign terms. Uh, you, you you pull up child porn there. Child modeling agency. Really weird stuff on Facebook. So it's just like I'm not surprised that they're not giving a fuck that kids are having access to adults uh, like they never had before. Uh, they probably love it. My my initial thinking, instead of having the government try and mandate this, my initial thinking was I'm going to start a class action lawsuit against Facebook so they'll get the message that this is not okay. And I haven't been able to find I, – I've interviewed a few law firms so far. Uh, I haven't been able to find a law firm that wants to go up against Facebook yeah, for some reason. Um because really the argument that I'm hearing from some of these law firms are you as the parent have the, you know, control over your child to allow or not allow what they do online. And that, if you know children, is complete bullshit. You know, once a child gets to this age of 11, 12, 13 years old, you Uh, They have this mentality of wanting to be an independent uh, sentient and and they want to have this, you know, ability to do whatever it is that they want to do and they'll try and do it. Of course. You know, you add into that, you know, raging hormones with puberty and whatever. You now have this child that is hell bent on doing stuff that they're not allowed to do online and if they want to find a way to do it online they'll find a way to do it with or without the parents consent so the problem is now facebook knows now that you know children under the age of 13 are on instagram and they choose to not shut down those accounts i've actually tried to report uh, children under the age of 13 on Instagram and, and, and Facebook makes it so fucking difficult to do that. Of course. You can, you can, of course do the, the spectrum report. has, the spectrum has moved. Now it's, now it's okay. Now everyone's like, what's the problem with that? Kids should have, uh, whatever access to posting whatever pictures they want on Instagram or talking to whoever, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, it's their, like, well, their terms. Now you're the weird guy for uh, even uh, bringing it up and how uh, fucked up it is. It's like, ah, oh, just let them do whatever they want, I guess. The terms of service on pretty much all North American-run social media services uh, state that, and it's, you know, in the U.S., to sign up for any kind of service, uh, a person needs to be 13 years old. And if someone is under the age of 13, it's thought that their parent is consenting if they go through this, 
you know, if they go through this basic, yeah, you know, sign waiver. Process. Sign up process. You know, basically just having a fucking email yeah. is yeah. Uh, good enough for someone to put themselves in a place of vulnerability on fucking Instagram. And then be contacted by you know, 20-year-old Indian dudes, I know. Uh, you know, ro- oh, man. roaming around, Speaking roaming of around which, India, there's a, wanting to yeah. abuse children. Yeah, well, not even that. There's a guy, uh, your channel's amazing. There's another guy, um, uh, He all he does is bust scammers, online scammers and stuff, and he finds their IP, he hacks their... Yep. Uh, computer he goes through their own desktop and shows all their files he's, he's a madman and sure enough most of them are like in india or china absolutely i i've taken a look you know just creating a child account on instagram and having the like just one public profile image of an actual child i would have 50 to 75 individuals at least three quarters of them some kind you know located somewhere in india yeah um wanting to follow some random north american child yeah there's this mentality that that this geographical distance is like a good buffer for them and that it can prevent them from being exposed to any criminal liability any consequences. Yeah. And I don't any know that that's the case. I, you know, I don't know many of the laws in India, but I know that it's illegal to do most of the stuff that most of them have tried to do with some of the accounts that I've set up. Yeah. So, you know, generally speaking, there is a huge problem online on social media, Facebook, uh, Google, yeah. Apple, all of them have the power to at the at the very root of where people log on to their service have the root to have the ability to you know start age and id verification and they refuse to do it i think i think a lot of them maybe the dating sites there's some kind of justification i think on their end yeah of course that they might that they might believe that people will migrate away from their service if they implement some kind of oh, age and ID verification. Oh, the thing is, they're the ones that need it the most. I know. And, and you know, and, and when, you're, when you're a Tinder and you have the ability to do age and ID verification, they see it, they see that, that as a liability to them. Because if you don't know uh, the, the, the company that owns Tinder is a $2 billion company and they own a lot of different, a lot of different, uh, dating sites and a lot of different dating apps. Uh, but Tinder is their biggest moneymaker. And at, at no point in the process do you as the Tinder user have to say, yes, I am who I am Mm -hmm. at no point. You know, all that's needed to sign up for Tinder is a phone number. Yeah, and uh, not yeah. even not even an email address. And you and you brought up uh, and your, sorry, go ahead. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a very it's a very chilling idea that these companies have the ability to do this, 
and they choose not to. Yeah, of course. And I think, and I, I'm almost positive that the thinking behind it is that if Tinder were to set up age and ID verification, that people will go and migrate elsewhere to another dating app that doesn't have to do that. Yeah. And and that's, and that's probably the thinking behind it because it's not it's not the law for you know for Tinder to do this and for everybody else to have a level playing field. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know why would why would Tinder go out on a on a ledge here to do that? So I uh, you know not not a responsible business practice. I think they're two billion they're two billion dollars in revenue in the last year, but mm-hmm. I, I wanted to I'm, ask. I'm using them. As... You you brought up uh, earlier about um, how some of these people are from uh, India and China, and how uh, they uh, um, they have like uh, seems like they have nobody there to give them any kind of like consequences for this. No, nobody like apparently they have like uh, cyber crimes divisions. You call them, like the numbers don't work. You know, it's it's like impossible to get any kind of uh, um, you know, police there to do something about it in their, their end. But look at it from our end. It, uh, what about the police here in Canada? Uh, how have they uh, treated you with this? Like, did you report, do you report these guys to the police after every episode or what? Generally, no, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very few occasions. It's been very few occasions after I've done a catch that I've reported someone to the police. Primarily because I, I'm not in the business being a vigilante. Yeah. I'm not in the I'm not right. in the business of right of uh, enforcing laws. You know, I know that it's illegal. When I have an experience with someone, I've always told them that it's illegal, and if they don't get it and they do it again, that's where I've kind of drawn the line, saying, "Yeah, I'm going to then." take a step to, to, to go and contact the police. But I've always come at this from a place of being a journalist. And, and in that position, I'm not someone that wants to be um, creating additional liabilities for myself. And that includes civil liabilities. So, you know, making, uh, creating a story for, about someone, just creating a story about them. Is that going to create civil liability for me? Most of the time, yes. Um, and and that usually revolves around whether or not the story from their perspective is as truthful as it's as it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, what- you know, from a defamatory position. Mm-hmm. Whether they believe that the the story that I've published is a truthful one or not, so that's the that's the biggest liability that I've seen. And then if I were to then be a journalist trying to enforce laws, that to me has been uh, just an overwhelming thought, just something that I've never ever wanted to kind of. I, I never wanted to make it about enforcing Absolutely. laws. I get because it. From my, from my perspective, I don't even know that those laws work. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's and it's quite interesting because I have experience doing this from both sides of the border. 
uh, here in Canada and in the United States. And there are some distinctions between the different laws uh, in the country, in the different countries, and what I'll think to be their behaviors. I don't know that, you know, I've never wanted to be uh, a witness for the prosecution. And and that's that was never my goal. I'm yeah. a storyteller. Of course, uh, I get it. I'm, I've always it. I've always been focused on, you know, trying to empower people that are the viewer to educate them and their family yes. and their children yes. and their neighbors' children. And if that has happened just once, that is you know part of the goal. I've done it in a way that I think. I've done it in a way that I think has been entertaining to some degree. Yeah, I was, you know, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, you're you're not trying to be a, a law enforcement officer. In a way, you're trying to just do entertainment. And you know, uh, this is the the way say, uh, it, it comes okay. out. I think uh, Catch a Predator is uh, entertainment at the end of the day because, like you said, they don't really have cops. Uh, they are associated with cops, obviously. Oftentimes, they, they were kind of forced to have cops. But the first season, there were no cops. They never wanted to do that uh, stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're being journalists and they're providing an interesting piece of, uh, uh, of knowledge as well as entertainment to an audience, right? You're presenting something. You're not trying oh, to yeah, I... cre- create, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of prisoners, you know? Yeah, that was never my intent. But I would actually call it infotainment. You know, I'm presenting a lot of. I want to. I want. You know, I, I wanted to get back to the police for a second, though. Um, so the few sure. times you did have uh, interaction with the police, uh, did they help? Did they even maybe take you aside and say, "Hey, thanks, thanks for doing this," or anything like that? Uh, uh there's been more than a few times. I would say, uh, maybe once a week for the last several years. I've received messages from police agencies looking for me to give give them statements, uh, looking to... Most of the time, it has been viewers. A lot of the time, it has been viewers that have sent the videos to the police. Mm-hmm. Then the police come knocking. Then the police come knocking at my door yeah. wanting to know if I'll cooperate. Yeah. And pretty much my policy has been, yes, I'll cooperate. You know, what do you what do you need from me? That's usually been my policy. And for the most part, I think there's been in total at least 20 contacts from 20 different police agencies. Wow. And in Canada, wow. I would say oh, a couple of them in the States. All, all over North America. Yeah. And and generally speaking, the most uh the most occasions that I've given statements to have been in the London and Windsor, Ontario area. Wow. And on one occasion, one Windsor police officer told me that he was actually happy that I didn't uh, call them every time I did a catch. Yeah. Because... Because of the paperwork associated with it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, they, That's his they, priority. They do these That's kinds priority. of investigations themselves, but nothing on the scale that I'm capable of doing. Of because 
as a journalist and a non-police officer, I don't have the same restrictions that yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, You know, them, yeah, as, yeah, yeah. them as police officers, they have to, you know, in Canada at least, they have to abide by the Canadian charter. Yes. You know, the charter, someone's, yes. someone's legal rights, they have to be doing investigations in a certain way that respects people's charter rights. So... And uh, someone's constitutional rights. Well, we're, we have like I don't 10, have that restriction. As well. Yeah, of course. You're you're a free citizen. You uh, you're allowed to make infotainment. Okay, you're you're not making citizens arrest or anything like that. You're uh, trying to you know create content, and uh, you get away with a lot that uh, normally other people wouldn't. Uh, I have only a couple questions uh, uh, left. Really, we have like ten, maybe fifteen minutes left. Uh, I did want to ask you, I was uh, reading through your site, I'll be putting up links to your site in the description and in visuals to all throughout this, uh, and uh, I, I read that you're, you get death threats, right? Just, yeah, just to be clear, it's not my site. I uh, gave ownership away, I want to say, two or three years ago to a group of people that are some pretty sketchy people. But they're people that I know uh, are very passionate about this. People that I could easily easily categorize as like biker dudes that don't give a fuck about the courts. Oh shit! That that if if they were to do this kind of thing, they wouldn't bring cameras with them. <laughs> those are the kinds of people. Those are the kinds of people that run that website. I've wow. just basically submitted stories to them. And when I've submitted stories to them, you know, they have, we have an agreement that basically they'll put it up as I've created it. Right. Um, sorry, right. your question was... Was, uh, uh, the, you, you, you had death threats. I just wanted to ask about uh, those yeah. in particular and a little bit more to that. But let's just, let's just hear the death threats. Like, what kind of stuff do you get? Uh, you know, I have uh, one person, actually, the high school, the high school teacher... For example, he has made, you know, I, I want to say 20 requests over the last few years to be taken, uh, to be taken down off that website. And that's kind of out of my control. Mm -hmm. um, but he has made about 20 requests or so to be taken off that website, to have his story taken down. Uh, and, and. And his his tone has escalated. It's only escalated upwards with the kinds of threats that he's made. Yeah. At first, it was you know I want to buy my way off the. This is this is one way that that it usually comes up, is that someone will try and buy their way off the the website. They'll make an offer, and and it's just not something I'll even entertain. Of course. Um. And I and I usually will tell them to go. Well, it's probably illegal what they're suggesting. Absolutely, they're they're trying to extort and bribe. Yeah. Um, well, then that no, but it makes to... you a blackmailer then. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I've I've never, you know, every time someone has ever done this, I'm, I'll, my response is typically, you know, you can take me to court, and we can we can settle we can settle something in court. Uh, but you know, for me to even do that, I would have to owe money to the people that run the website 
And that's not that's not something that I'll ever want to do out of pocket. Yeah. I'll 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 let the legal process take over at that point. Of course, you want to spend money, so, spend money on lawyers. Yeah, uh, like I I I have been sued a couple times about this, and well, yeah, that's what know, I was gonna say. Aside I, from uh, death threats. Uh, lawsuits, what kind of other things, like really terrible reactions? I, I'm afraid to even uh, ask this, but I, I want to ask that. Um, has anyone even committed suicide? As a, because I know in Catch a Predator that happened and that ended the, the situation. Could, can you even talk about that? Did that happen? I can talk about what I know. And I, what I know is that there's been a couple people that have been deceased as a result after after their story has been published and i know that one of them for sure was a suicide right uh i i publicly right. spoke about this this was a guy from iowa he actually uh he went out to his barn in iowa he had a very you know nice house on a farm oh he went God. out to his barn put on put on his motorcycle helmet and wrote a note to his wife and shot himself in the head. Um, uh, I waited about three months to get that report from the uh, Iowa coroner. And wow. they, they took their time with that. Uh, they had him waiting for an autopsy for, for almost three months uh, for whatever reason. But, you know, that's the one occasion that I know for sure was a suicide. Okay, fair enough. There's been... There, how did you react to that? How did you deal with that? You know, I, I can't say that I will let external stuff like that bother me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if I were to let stuff like that bother me, it would... You know, my life would be plagued. Mm -hmm. I would be hearing about it all the time. You know, people like this, yeah. people like that yeah. are, in my view, cowards. Of they course. don't want to. They don't want to deal with this. The the reaction. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. This guy that had shot And it sounds like he has head. a nice house with property. Like, okay, people are going to think you're had, a pedo for some time. But just live by yourself. you got a decent situation. Come on. He had a, he had a wife of at least 20 or 30 years. There you have he it. was uh, a military vet. Oh, and, that's, that's fucking brutal. And she knew that he was an amateur photographer. Wow. But she didn't, she didn't know what was actually happening behind the scenes. And for whatever reason, he says, he says to her that my interaction with him was Homeland Security. He blamed this. He called me, you know, Homeland Security to her and said that there was some kind of issue that I stopped him. And, you know, he basically lied to his wife. Yeah. And then uh, his wife, even after his death, I found out you know, refused to watch the video, but, uh, to police, she blamed me for his death. You know, I, I don't understand where this blame comes. I'm currently charged with several, with several charges of extortion. 
and uh, harassment from from child predators. You know, that's something that, you know, and and one of these cases, uh, they're they're trying to have me. Uh, the, one of these cases, they're trying to have me charged with negligence causing death, as if yeah. I had something to do with know. with Buddy I know. dying. I know, right? And this no, this guy's the making circle. all these decisions, his own choices. He seems like a capable guy if he owns property like that and has a family like that. Uh, he's making decisions to meet up uh, with kids and making decisions to put a gun to his head. This guy's making all the decisions left and right, and somehow you have to pay for the consequences. Yeah, that that's what they're gonna try. They're they're attempting. Yeah. Um, but it will it will never fly. Of course. Not. You know, if they did if they did that, they would they would have to go and arrest every single person that ever committed suicide, anybody that ever bullied them. Yeah, exactly. And they'll never do. They'll never do that. And this is even the suggestion of this from this one police officer. You know, she is just this negligent piece of garbage. Um, she told me she watched all my videos in the uh, police interrogation and uh, that she was trying to she was trying to get me charged for multiple, you know, multiple different crimes. And, and you know, wow, you know, have me put a, you're the problem, away, according to her. Exactly. I'm the, I'm the problem in her in her view. And here she is now supporting, you know, supporting pedophiles yeah, yeah, and their families. Exactly. You're getting in the way of pedophiles fucking kids, so you're the problem. Okay, it's like, oh, yes. oh, you're getting in the way of us, uh, the police, doing nothing. We're supposed to be doing nothing, and you're doing something. You're a problem. Yeah, and she also told me that all the places that I ever found these pedophiles, this would, this would be, this, these would be places that her as a police officer, she would never be allowed to go on to look for pedophiles. So, you know, there's something wrong with that to yeah. begin with. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm vigorously fighting these charges. I'm going to take all of them to trial and, and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to go and sue these people that have made these lies about me. Okay, good. And I will be putting up all the links uh, to you if anyone is uh, interested to maybe even throw a dollar or two your way. Uh, that would be awesome because yeah, I know I know you're trying to uh, fight them, and it, that was a really uh, odd topic to be on, uh, considering the the next and final topic I have. The la last question is kind of silly. I know you'll think it's kind of silly, but you're the you're the pedo hunter guy, so I gotta I gotta ask these questions. You could just say that you don't know anything about it, and just uh, we'll just end it. But what do you think about now with uh, the whole QAnon thing, the elites being satanic pedophiles, that we live in a in, in a in a, a world system that is you know catering to all this stuff that's why we uh, meet all kinds of resistance when we try to expose this stuff um uh, what do you think about that whole narrative do you think there's any merit to that do you, you don't really pay attention to this stuff you're occupied probably with your own uh business like like you just said yeah i i don't really pay much attention to it i listen to the news a lot i i read the news a lot so i'm kind of you know inherently uh, i am exposed to it a little bit. Of course. Some stuff like QAnon or Pizzagate or whatever. Yes. I don't really give much attention to. Understood. Primarily because primarily because I think it's a it's a way politically speaking for people to gang up on someone else. And mm -hmm. and and make make this kind of issue uh, something Political. that 
maybe it's not. You know, what we what I do support fully is reform for online uh, values and systems. Yeah. You know, when we yeah. when we take a look at where children are actually vulnerable online, does posting a video about Legos on YouTube have anything to fucking do with, you know, actual children being harmed? Right. I don't think so. There there was a group there was a group that, you know, pushed for changes to be made with this COPPA law, the uh, Children Online Privacy Protection Act or whatever it is in the U.S. Okay. What a strange Which name, have, Kabbalah. What the fuck? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's called COPPA or C-O-P-P-A, C-O-P-P-A okay. maybe is the name of the act okay. in the U.S. Okay. And it's, uh, it's affected a lot of YouTubers. People that were, you know, putting up videos about, you know, Legos or anything childlike. Yeah, no, I saw you know, that it blew up on, on YouTube, and it's very strange. Just uh, sometimes there's light, like elevator music, while they show all these like toddlers uh, in diapers, like uh, uh, running around each other. It's just like really strange stuff. And you look at the comments, and there's all kinds of weirdos saying shit. You know, there can be weirdos saying shit anywhere online. And that's what I've come to learn is that, you know, anywhere online. Well, you know online, all about that for sure. You met these guys in person. Anywhere online that, uh, that a child can be like uh, having any kind of input or commentary, you know, that's a place where a child is vulnerable. Not anywhere, you know, watching a video about someone, you know, some adult making a video about Legos. But, you know, the problem is much deeper than that. And, and you know, the Amen I think that. YouTube paid four, I think YouTube paid four hundred million dollars in fines to the SEC or something uh, about this particular issue and children being vulnerable on on YouTube yes. with with videos about Legos. You know, I don't I don't know how a child is vulnerable about watching a video about Legos, but. I mean, you know, YouTube paid into this and the government, the U.S. government came down hard on this, primarily driven by a group of people like I'll just categorize it like QAnon, because I don't know for sure what the group is. Well, the thing is, a, a lot a of them, of it's, it's millions of people that are, are following this QAnon narrative that it's like a military intelligence uh, apparatus, really. Uh, when you when you uh, listen to them explain, it's like a psyop, but in terms of uh, revealing the truth to people very slowly, incrementally, and millions of people have gotten aboard uh, with it because millions of people are for saving kids. Whether it's in Australia, right? There's not much to do, but there's people that support QAnon even in Australia because it's all about trying to help kids, you know, that are suffering. Yeah, I don't I don't know what QAnon is about. I, I, I haven't done enough research about it, but I can tell you that pretty much anywhere online that any human can interact with another human, either digitally or in text form or whatever, that's a place where a child is vulnerable. Of course. And so you heard about we need. Well, and what about, uh, uh, sorry, I, I just want to th throw a couple more questions, uh, keywords from, from this, this topic, conspiracies. What about adrenochrome? Have you heard about adrenochrome? Because I might fill you into something new that you might hear later on at some point. I, 
I have no idea what that is. Okay, so uh, Adrenochrome is, uh, I know, this is, sounds like uh, comic book, sci-fi, almost cartoony uh, shit, but it's a drug uh, made from the uh, adrenalized blood of, uh, of you know, uh, ideally kids. And um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas had reference to this drug where uh, a dealer that's a Satanist as well gave it to the, the protagonist there. And then um, uh, it was also referenced in uh, Clockwork uh, Orange as a Drenchrom, you know. And so the, it's been uh, out there for a while. And so basically uh, blood with uh, oxid oxidized ad adrenaline, uh, adrenaline in there, you know. Uh, and uh, apparently the, the super ultra elite, while they're torturing these, these kids, they, they drink their blood. And uh, I know it sounds ridiculous and stuff, but I just figured I'd, I'd fill you in a little bit and ask you about it uh, since it, it's, you know, this uh, overarching topic of conspiracies. I have, I have no idea what that is. I, I watched Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas maybe 15 years ago, and I was probably half asleep while I was doing that. Half asleep I, or half I don't know that on, on drugs? I have never done an illicit drug in my entire life. I've never even been drunk in my entire life. Oh, wow. That's I don't remember. Sorry? And you were watching Fear and Loathing. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, it was just probably coincident. It was probably just something on TV. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I never, I never found it to be that interesting of a movie. Yeah, I don't think I've ever um, watched it to completion ever... either, but I've seen that clip uh, that's referencing Adrenochrome because I was just simply interested in it. Yeah, I never, I, I don't think I've ever watched Clockwork Orange either. Oh, okay. uh, you know, stuff like that. It, it kind of sounds, it does sound ridiculous. Um, I, I can't really comment on, 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 uh, you know, much else other than Fair that. Enough. You don't, you, you don't know, have to. You don't have to. I was just, uh, wanted to throw it out. It was one of the things I had prepared. Uh, I know it's a little silly question, but who knows? I, I didn't know what your answer was going to be. So uh, that was well, pretty. Well, do you. Do you find it silly? I mean, that's, that's uh, the big no. Question I mean, is, there's there's a, a aside from those two things that I mentioned. There's a uh, you know a huge amount of uh, information on it. Actual labs that re try to synthesize it, um, and uh, a lot of them in in, in China. Uh, and uh, yeah, it all goes back to a a wider thing, which is uh, uh, illegal organ harvesting, right? Everyone thinks about uh, the kidneys and you know, uh, livers and things of that nature that, uh, you know, again, going back to China, that they're uh, taking from uh, people in these concentration camps, Muslims, Falun Gong, they're just robbing their, their organs and, and trading it amongst themselves. Uh, and blood is one of them as well, supposedly, uh, astonishingly enough. And then once you look at it, it's like, well, it kind of makes sense. You know, if, if you're going to be processing human beings like this in a sick way, why not always also find something to do with blood? And then there also is research into using uh, young mice blood to rejuvenate older mice, uh, mice and there's data on, on that. So, you know, it, it kind of, the pieces start falling together and like, you know, maybe that's going on somewhere in this, on this planet. I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know that the adrenal glands are on the kidneys and uh, that the adrenal glands serve a, you know, they serve a purpose. Yeah. That's, 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 you know, I, I don't know what else. I don't know how well, apparently not only do you get like a 
crazy high like if you want to know the purpose right it's an interesting word you use okay why would you do something so sick as uh, inject or drink or whatever uh uh terrified child blood right it's uh, apparently the adrenaline uh, adrenaline in it is a really uh, amazing high and everything like that and the blood itself is uh, uh anti-aging properties like i just mentioned earlier with the mice well studies. I think if uh, I, I think if one were to drink blood, even with an adrenal, even with adrenaline in it, I, I think the stomach would break down, break that down before it went into the blood system. Well, there's I think also the, the stories adrenal- of you mentioned the adrenal gland uh, eating adrenal glands, eating uh, pineal glands for similar uh, psychedelic effects. The pineal gland in uh, isn't that in the brain? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm just relating you stories that, you know, I hear. See, the satanic ritual abuse survivors going back decades accusing, uh, you know, a, a pope. One lady did. Another one is a very... I could send you uh, a documentary on this. The, uh, it starts, really, it's just uh, a police um, interview uh, uh, footage, uh, real footage from um, um, in the UK of these uh, two kids that uh, started accusing their their school and their uh, church of uh, essentially being a fucking you know not not a good place for uh, for kids if they want to stay alive and uh, obviously they didn't kill the kids there that went to the school they had certain kids they picked out that they would you know m- you know molest and not and do not good things but in terms of killing they would ha- they would bring in uh, uh, babies uh, from uh, these social workers that uh that uh, had to do with like you know poor communities uh, uh you know people that can't really uh, afford to have babies right and so uh they came forward and they, they were telling all the cops and you listen to this kid explain some of the most horrific shit uh happening there and uh, uh you realize you know maybe there's some merit and you know there's similar survivors like that that go to there's a human uh, uh trafficking child trafficking tribunal that's uh, yearly in the UK as well, headed by a former uh, CIA um, uh, chief, really. Uh, and uh, he, he talks about this stuff. He has people on that survived child trafficking. And uh, you hear, you know, some sick stories. Well, it never happened to me, that's for sure. So I don't know, but I'm willing to sit here and talk about it. So there's that at least. Well, uh, at least you're... Uh... At least you're open to it. Uh, yeah, it's called the know, Hampstead maybe. Incident, I think. I could send you a link if you'd like. Hampstead Incident. I'll, uh, I, I don't know that I would watch a full-length documentary about this if it was like full-on a lot of theory that's being discussed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, yeah. It, if it was, you know, solid facts that, that were kind of un, undisputable truth, yeah, it's not you really. Know, an, it's not really a documentary. It's uh, uh, just a compilation of all the uh, interview footage with the cops that they recorded with these kids, and uh, you just listen to this six-year-old kid. She's really smart, you could tell, and she's explaining, you know, um, uh, little figurines and little uh, uh, accessories made out of toddler bones and how they hang up uh, toddlers and, and cut their necks and where they keep everything uh, to drain the blood and yada, yada, yada. It's very disturbing stuff, if, if true. And then you could 
do your own research outside of that to see what happened to those kids, what happened to the mom afterwards, because they were sort of uh, targeted because they were accusing um, their dad of being part of this satanic uh, uh, cult. And uh, um, the mom didn't know at all. The mom didn't know at all until the kids started talking about this. And, you know, she approached the police with them. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people can, you know, anybody can make an accusation. It's hard to sometimes support accusation with actual facts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and generally speaking, I try and try and stick towards fact based stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, if, you know, if it what, was if it was I, a scheme what, by what, by the mom, uh, she eventually uh, got uh, arrested for being uh, a, a danger to these kids uh, because uh, you know they all blamed it on her for uh, making up these stories. So if that was a little like scheme on her part, it kind of backfired. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Anyways, uh, thank you so much, Jason. Is there uh, uh, anything else you want to say, a last uh, parting word to the audience? Sure. Uh, they can check out our committee. Uh, HelpUsDefend.com is, uh, is our committee's website. That, you know, if people are looking to help us make some serious changes, help us defend on pretty much all social media networks. Uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, we're looking for people to align ourselves with that, um, have some kind of interest, some kind of profession, some kind of talent, you know, that, that can be offered to help us achieve children being safer online. And that's like a, that's a huge thing that, uh, I'm, I'm indulging in right now and wanting to give as much time as necessary to. So that would be, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, just just people even going to check out check out our stuff. That that's, you know, completely amazing, and and, and we're so thankful of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, thank you so but much for having me, uh, 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 having uh, uh, you on my show, and uh, I really hope you get um, the stuff you're talking about uh, sorted out because uh, you seem like a good guy that's doing uh, the right thing, or at least trying to do the right thing, and uh, um, you know. Obviously, once you do the right thing very, very well, then come the fucking uh, attacks, you know, and you're dealing with the attacks right now. Thank you so much, Dimitri. Of course. Okay. God bless, Jason. Thank you so much.